0: Hello and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we'll be looking at the 1955 animated film, Lady and the Tramp. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film or giving a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts, but rather giving our impressions of the overall film and the songs from the film. We'll also be giving a score to the film and ranking the songs. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the episode. But before we dive into it proper, I just I feel like Ashley and I owe a, a little explanation about our time off. Uh, I moved. I'd mentioned that several times before. Ashley is now re- I also moved yeah. in
1: uh, moved back in December That's, and also now have two jobs yeah. that leave me quite busy. Yeah. So.
0: And she's looking at going to grad school as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> <because> <laughs> Don't she's... worry, there'll
1: still be time for the podcast. <laughs> yes.
0: But we're back at it now and we hope you enjoyed the episodes uh coming from us, and I give a more lengthy explanation in our Game of Thrones episode. So, if you're sticking around for that, you'll there's just a little bit of time before the next episode comes out, but uh, you'll have a longer explanation at the beginning of that episode. But anyway, let's dive back into this episode. Lady and the Tramp is a 1955 American animated romance film produced by Walt Disney and released to theaters on June 22, 1955, by Buena Vista Film Distribution making it the first Disney animated film not to be distributed by RKO Radio Pictures. The film is the 15th animated feature in the Disney animated canon, and the first animated feature filmed with the Cinemascope widescreen widescreen film process. The story, which was based on the book Happy Dan, the Whistling Dog, by Ward Green, centers on a female American cocker spaniel named Lady who lives with who lives with a refined upper-middle-class family and a male stray mutt named Tramp. When the two dogs meet, they embark on many romantic adventures and fall in love. And to say that they were an upper-middle-class family, I think, is a small estimate. I, I, you know, In the film, uh, Jim Deere nails up that Yale uh, poster, which presumably at the time he was a lawyer, I guess and then he's driving a car later in 1909 like that's pretty rich family for that time period lady and the tramp was released to theaters on june 22nd 1955 to box office success with a budget of four million dollars roughly 43 million today and a gross revenue of 93.6 million just over one billion dollars today however i have a small note to put in there The initial release seemed to only earn between 6.5 to 7.5 million, roughly 70 to 80 million today, and the 93.6 million seems to be the combined box office earnings from the film's initial release in 1955, as well as the 1962, 1971, 1980, and 1986 re releases. Uh, In my research for the film, I found conflicting reports about that. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know the real truth. I'm not. In mid- I believe it though. I <laughs> yeah. can't
1: like as much as this is a cute film. I'm not sure this would have done quite well.
0: Possibly, but all that being said, Lady and the Tramp became the third biggest grossing Disney film at the time of its release, only behind Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and Cinderella. A direct-to-video sequel, Lady and the Tramp Two: Scamp uh, Scamp mm, Scamps. Thank you. Scamp's Adventure was released on February 27th, 2001 and a live-action-slash-CGI hybrid remake premiered on November 12th, 2019 as a launch title for the Disney Plus streaming service. Uh, I also, I didn't put this in my notes, but evidently from 1963, I believe, on to 1983, there was an ongoing comic following uh, Scamp, or what did you say? Scamp. Scamp. Following Scamp and his adventures, and that's what a lot of the uh, video sequel was based off of. Oh, huh, interesting. Was, yeah, I don't know if it, I can't imagine it was a weekly comic. I'd never heard I, of it before. I don't but, know about it, but Yeah. But, yeah, I just found a little note about that, but I forgot to include it. Lady and the Tramp was first released on North American VHS cassette and Laserdisc in 1987 as a part of the Walt Disney Classics video series and in the United Kingdom in 1990. At the end of its initial home release... It was reported to have sold more than three million copies, becoming the best-selling cassette tape at that time. It went into moratorium on March 31st, 1988. The video cassette had grossed one million, <coughs> excuse me, 100 million in sales by 1988. Peggy Lee was asked to help promote the release, for which she was paid $500. <laughs> yeah. Uh, After its release on videotape, she sought performance and song royalties on the video sales. Disney CEO Michael Eisner... Ooh. (laughs) No, we like Michael Eisner. Yeah,
1: Michael Eisner actually isn't that bad compared to certain people. Yeah,
0: he's a mixed character, but uh, moving on. Michael Eisner refused. Thus, she filed a lawsuit in 1988. Eventually, in 1992, the California Court of Appeals ordered Disney to pay Lee $3.2 $3.2 million in compens- compensation, or about 4% of the video sales. During the lawsuit, it was revealed that Lee had written uh, the songs for the film with Sonny Burke and had assisted uh, on the score for the film as well. In the film, Lee sings the songs He's a Tramp, La La Lu," the Siamese cat song, and What is a Baby. You
1: know, it's funny too because like... If you ever looked up the Peggy Lee thing, it's the promotional video. is very easy to find. Like, it's on you all over YouTube. Like, it's a wonderful promotional video, and I, you know. I'm probably she only got paid five hundred dollars. Like, imagine being like we paid Peggy Lee five hundred dollars. That's
0: like, such an insulting figure. Like, I mean, if it maybe if it was five thousand, I could understand. I can it, only
1: assume she didn't know what she was getting into when with that
0: possibly, or and didn't
1: realize it would be such a, like a big thing.
0: Maybe she signed a contract in nineteen fifty-five or something that five hundred dollars was a lot of money during. I don't know, but let's dive back into these details. Uh, It was released on VHS again in 1998 as part of the Walt Disney Masterpiece Collection video series. A Disney limited-issue series DVD of the film was released on November 23, 1999 for a limited 60-day time period. Lady and the Tramp was remastered and restored for DVD on February 28, 2006 as the seventh installment of the Disney Platinum Editions series. On its first day, one million copies of the Platinum Edition were sold. The Platinum Edition DVD went on moratorium on January 31st, 2007, along with the 2006 DVD reissues of the film's sequel, Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. Got it that time. (laughs) Lady and the Tramp was released on Blu-ray on February 7th, 2012, as a part of Disney's Diamond Edition's... series. A standalone one-disc DVD edition was also released on March 20th, 2012. Lady and the Tramp was re-re-released on Digital HD on February 20th, 2018, and on Blu-ray February 27, 2018, as part of the Walt Disney signature collection line. At the time of its release, Lady and the Tramp received mixed reviews from critics. However, the film has since gone on to be become regarded as a classic. In 1956, the film was nominated by the BAFTA Awards for Best Animated Film. However, it lost to bl- uh, Blinkety Blank, which I watched in doing research for this film and was severely disappointed. Blinkety Blank is a five-minute animated short that reminded me of the opening of Fantasia. It was animation set to music, which was mostly flutes and... <laughs> I, I didn't enjoy it. Wow, that's it, awful. And it wasn't even like like it was like the old like. How, remember in Fantasia how like it's just like lines going across yeah. or like that. That's what it was. Uh, and Lady and so the bad. Tramp, yeah, Lady and the Tramp lost to that. In two thousand two, Lady and the Tramp was named number ninety five out of the greatest one hundred love stories of all time by the American Film Institute in their one hundred years, one hundred passions special as one of only two animated films to appear on the list, the other being Beauty and the Beast, which ranked 34th. In 2010, Rhapsody called its accompanying soundtrack one of the all-time great Disney and Pixar soundtracks. Okay. Yeah, uh, these were just accolades that it had listed. And in June of 2011, Time magazine named it one of the 25 all-time best animated films. I also have a note here about the Disney parks and resorts. Walt Disney wanted the setting of the film to be Marceline, Missouri, which had been his childhood hometown. Walt's Lady and the Tramp was in production. Walt was also designing Disneyland in California and styled the Main Street USA area of the park to, uh, to Marceline. Tony's Town Square Restaurant is an Italian restaurant inspired by Lady and the Tramp and is located at Walt Disney World. Walt's the Pizzeria Bella Notte uh, restaurant is at the Disneyland Paris. So, diving back into facts about the film. It was directed by Clyde Giomini, Wilfred Jackson, and Hamilton Lusk. The story was by Erdman Penner, Joe Bernardi, Ralph Wright, Don Durardi, and Joe Grant. And I thought this was a little interesting. I found out in 1937, Grant came up with the idea inspired by the antics of his English uh, Springer Spaniel Lady and how she got shoved aside by Joe's new baby, like he came up with the idea for the film. He approached Walt Disney with sketches of Lady. Disney enjoyed the sketches and commissioned Grant to start a story development on a new animated feature titled Lady. Uh, that should yeah. Through the late 1930s and early 40s, Joe Grant and other artists worked on the stories, uh, taking a variety of approaches, but Disney was not pleased with any of them, primarily because he thought Lady was too sweet and there wasn't enough action. Later, Walt Disney read the short uh, story written by Ward Green titled Happy Dan, the Cynical Dog in the Cosmopolitan magazine, published in 1945. He thought that Grant's story would be improved if Lady fell in love with a cynical dog character like the one in story and bought the rights to it. The cynical dog had various names during development, including Homer, Rags, Bozo, uh, and Bozo, before Tramp was cho- uh, was chosen.
1: I want you to know, I'm just imagining, <clears throat> he's a bozo! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Homer obviously makes me think of the Simpsons, there, but it's just interesting, these names. But... The film is, of course, produced by Walt Disney, edited by Don Holliday. The music is by Oliver Wallace. The production company was Walt Disney Productions. It was distributed by Buena Vista Film Distribution. The runtime is 76 minutes, and the film stars Barbara Barbara Luddy as Lady, Larry Roberts as Tramp, Bill Thompson as Jacques Joe, Tony's assistant chef, Bull the Bull Terrier, Uh, The Policeman at the Zoo, uh, Joe, and Jim's Friend. I'm skipping that (laughs) that one name. Dashy. Oh, excuse me. Dashy, Joe, and Jim's Friend. Uh, Now, I found this person's name listed as both Dallas and Dal, so I put Dallas Dal McKinnon as Tuffy, Professor, Pedro, and the Hyena, Bill Bacham as Trusty, Stan Furberg as the Beaver, Alan Reed as Boris, Turl Ravenscroft as the Alligator, Verna Felton as Aunt Sarah, George Gibbett as Tony, Lee Millar as Jim Deer, Peggy Lee as Darling, the Psy uh, and Am, the Siamese cats, and Peg. And finally, the Mellow Men provide the voices of the Dog Chorus and the Dog Pound, So, with all that out of the way, let's move on to the plot. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, I noticed, first things first, on Disney Plus, we start off with the warning of negative depictions of cultural differences. Well,
1: we already knew that was coming. (laughs) Yeah,
0: which I I remember, I I told you off, not camera, because we're not on camera, but off recording, that I, like Peter Pan, I remembered it being bad, but until I watched it again, I forgot how bad it actually is. (laughs) Um, But. I wrote down that the opening credits are beautiful watercolors and sketches of scenes from the film, and it has the song called Main Title, also in parentheses, Bella note And it is sung by George Givet and the Disney Studio Chorus. And I wrote down that this is the first chorus sung opening title sequence that I actually enjoyed, and I think it sets the mood for the film, so I give it a 7 out of 10. I
1: give it a 6 out of 10. I do really like Bella note. I just like it later on more so
0: mm. in
1: the film, but... I yeah. do, Bella Notte is a very good song coming out of this movie. And it's also, it's a great opening title. And you're right. It's one of the, it's like the first one I've actually enjoyed versus most of them that sound very similar, which is funny because it'll be my complaint with the next movie coming up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll get there when we get there. And uh, we also had a title card quote and it said, in the whole history of the world, there is but one thing that money cannot buy. Dot 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 to wit the weight, wa- the wag of a dog's tail. I have here the wage, but it should be the wag of a dog's tail. And it is a quote from Josh Billings, which made me go, Who the hell is Josh Billings? <laughs> so I had to look him up. And Billings was a 19th century American writer and humorist, or what would today be called a stand up comic. He is often compared to Mark Twain because. Not only did they write at the same time, but they did the same thing. Yes. And while he didn't invent the phrase, he popularized the phrase, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So he didn't actually coin that phrase, but he popularized it through his writing. And oh, one of the producers just showed up. <laughs> um,
1: pumpkin yeah. said, "You're talking about dogs. I yeah. don't approve."
0: Yeah, the producer cat Pum- movie. Yeah, please. yeah, the producer pumpkin has uh, no problem with the stereotypes of the cats in this film, I guess, or something. I don't know.
1: No, he has a lot of problems because it, cats have poor portrayal. Yeah, fair enough. Cats' right. rights.
0: And then I have written here that the title card goes on to further say. So, it is to all dogs, be they ladies or tramps, that this picture is respectfully dedicated. And didn't have who said that, so I just assumed that it was Walt Disney himself. Probably. Yeah.
1: It Um, sounds like a Walt Disney kind of thing to
0: say. Well, he's dedicated films previously, and it did say Walt Disney there, but this one didn't, but I just assumed. Yeah. Um, And I have written, we open onto a snowy American neighborhood, presumably a fictionalized uh, Marceline, Missouri while the song peace on earth plays and i wrote peace on earth sung by donald novus and the disney studio chorus uh it's a short song and a fine way to set a christmas feel, feel to the film and i gave it a five out of ten
1: I gave it a four out of ten i wasn't really into it but you know it's also i get that they're trying to set it for christmas even though this film doesn't really take place through okay. christmas you know okay
0: And then I have written here on December 25th, 1909, Jim Deere gives his wife, Darling, a Cocker Spaniel puppy whom she names Lady. And I saw in my research, I found out that Lady being in the hat box apparently comes from an event in Walt Disney's real life. He was working late and forgot about dinner plans he had with his wife, and she was very angry with him and wouldn't forgive him, and evidently... Uh, this is something that Disney would do quite frequently. He would stay late at work, forgetting about dinner plans he had with his wife. And in order to get her to forgive him, he bought her a puppy and put it in an expensive hat box. And apparently this worked. So, well, that Of course
1: was... it worked. A puppy's involved. <laughs>
0: yeah. But that was one of his contributions to the film directly. Jim, Deere and Darling lock the puppy lady in the kitchen and go off to bed. However, throughout the course of the night, lady manages to escape the kitchen climb the giant staircase and make her way into the bed with jim and darling and i have a note here saying that lady is just the cutest little puppy i know i have
1: the same note like this is the cutest dog Mm. cutest animated dog
0: agreed growing up lady enjoys a happy life with them and a pair of dogs from the neighborhood a scottish terrier named Jacques and a bloodhound named trusty at one point lady sees a big sinister looking rat trying to sneak into the yard and chases it away So I have a couple notes here, because the summary just went over these little interactions. But I have to mention I love Jim's line about explaining uh, explaining to Lady Sundays when she wakes him, him up early. I just cracked up. I was like, yeah, I get it, Jim. He wanted to sleep in, and she woke him up. And how Jim mentions that there are less and less disturbing headlines since they got Lady, because she brought in the paper and had ripped out the first page with her mouth. I wrote that the humor in this film is already fantastic. And I have other notes here saying that Jock is my favorite Disney dog. That's right, I said it, Pluto. Jock's <laughs> my... is, is a really yeah.
1: good d- d- dog, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't get enough representation on anything.
0: No, you're right. And...
1: Justice for Jock. Where's my Jock merge? You... I, I would demand it, Disney. That would be wonderful.
0: Yeah, we're, we're asking for it right now. We're demanding it, actually. We're you're right. Yeah, you're right. Demanding. We're demanding it. Much more firm. And the way that Jock, Trusty, and Lady walk around visiting each other reminds me of a story of my grandmother telling me about when she was young, how they just had neighborhood dogs. I don't want to go into the details, but ba- <laughs> because it's a very long story, but basically... She said, "Oh yeah, everyone, you know, their dog used to go around and interact, and they'd all just go throughout the neighborhood, and then the dog would go home at night. And that's not the way it is anymore." And I was like, "Yeah, but there's a lot more cars than there are now." And she that's was like, true. "She was like, oh, that's what she said." <laughs> so, um, but and yeah,
1: it, I did think it was funny and so cute that they were like, "I'm going to visit like your children, like, gotta go visit the neighbors." Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> So, moving right along. Meanwhile, across town by the railway, a friendly stray silver mutt, referred to as Tramp, begs for scraps from an Italian restaurant.
1: Or spends his time protecting his fellow strays. Yeah,
0: thank you. Uh, a Pekingese named Peg and a bulldog named Bull. That's where Bull is. From the local dog catcher. And I wrote down the way that Tramp plays with the puppies at the pet store is adorable and shows his kind nature despite being a stray. Later, a lady is saddened after Jim Deere and Darling begin treating her rather coldly. Jacques and Trusty visit her and determine that the change in behavior is due to the Darlings expecting a baby. And I wrote down, I wonder if being raised on this movie affected how Gen Xers and further on treat their pets. Like they're more part of the family than they were in previous generations. Like you know,
1: yeah, maybe. Mm. I do think it's so cute that they she refers to him as like Jim Deer and Darling. Mm.
0: Oh yeah, (laughs) like yeah. Well, that's the name that they call each other. That's what that's their names. That's what she knows. What is she gonna call him, Mister (laughs) Deer? That's.
1: Also, I do love how they treat humans. Like, they're just humans. They just don't know better. That's why they're treating you that way, lady. They just don't understand because they're humans.
0: There's a very interesting line later on in the film about the relationship between animals and human or human-like animals that really stood out to me watching it this time that I never really noticed before. But um, moving right along, while Jacques and Trusty try to explain what one is, The eavesdropping tramp enters the conversation and offers his opinions. Jacques and Trusty take an immediate dislike to him and order him out of the yard. And I wrote down that the tramp shoving Jacques out of the way and then saying, move it over, would you, pal, actually cracked me up. Once again, the humor actually got me. Um,
1: It is a good movie for humor. yeah,
0: Yeah. In due time, baby Jim arrives and Jim Deere and Darling introduce Lady to him. Soon after, Jim Deere and Darling decide to go on a trip together, leaving Aunt Sarah to look after Jim Jr. and the house. So I have a couple notes here, some of them going back to before Jim Jr. was born. Uh, I wrote down that Jim being sent out late at night to get Darling some watermelon and chop suey. Where is he going to get these things at night during this time period?
1: I don't know, but it's a good question.
0: Yeah. Uh, We have the song, What is a Baby?, uh, here I have listed sung as uh, by uh, Barbara Luddy and the song itself is slow and a little boring as far as the lyrics go but the idea behind it a dog trying to understand what a baby is I like so I gave it a 6 out of 10 I agree it's,
1: it's a cute song like the idea behind it's cute but it's a little boring so I gave it a 4 out of 10
0: okay and then we also have the song La La Lu and it's sung by Peggy Lee and I actually like this song I think it's one of the best uh, I think it's the best one from the film so far, and gave it an 8 out of 10.
1: Interesting. I don't know. Like, I thought it was cute, but I, you know, I'm not really into that sort of thing. So I gave it a 4 out of 10 as well.
0: Fair enough. And then I also wrote down that I love how Lady tries to stop Jim and Darling from leaving because she thinks that they're abandoning the baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like, where are you going? Also, I want to know, like, it's crazy to me that they're, like, brand new parents and they're, like, Okay, peace out, baby. Yeah, Like, they're just leaving.
0: I have a crass reason why I think that is, but I, I'm i not going to mention it in, in, in this episode. But well, let's move right along. When Lady clashes with Aunt Sarah's two Siamese cats, Cy and Am, she takes Lady to the pet shop to get a muzzle. A terrified Lady escapes, but is pursued by some stray dogs. So I have here the song, the Siamese cat song sung by Peggy Lee i wrote down oh boy like peter pan i remembered this being bad but i forgot how bad until rewatching it and i wrote that the song itself isn't bad meaning like the music but everything that goes along with it is just awful two out of ten
1: yeah that was my opinion like i think the song's catchy and the song would be great if it wasn't like what was going on with it and like everything about it and like the lyrics and stuff are not good either a lot of it but it's catchy yeah
0: and then I have here that also Aunt Sarah is just the worst, whereas other characters like Lady Tremaine are evil. Aunt Sarah is ignorant. And while I can forgive ignorance, I can't tolerate people who are proud of their ignorance like she is. Like, I I, I just don't enjoy Aunt Sarah. She's an awful character, in my opinion. I know I just, she kind of comes around at the end, but...
1: I just find it difficult that, like... Also, our producer came back. Yeah. Clearly, he was like, we're talking about cats. Yeah. I want to be involved. Yeah,
0: you have an opinion, buddy.
1: <laughs> and Sarah is not great. Yeah. I don't, like... I don't know she's not even, like... Like, she's a villain, but not the main villain here, like... Yeah. I guess we could call the rat the villain.
0: <laughs> yeah, the rat's the biggest uh, villain in it. And then I guess the dog catcher is the next yeah. one. Yeah. Like,
1: and then Aunt Sarah.
0: Yeah, which that dog catcher is just an idiot. Like, he's the worst dog catcher I've ever seen. <laughs> he literally chases after them with, like, a rope on a stick. Like, it's like, no, that's not how you catch dogs. You gotta lure them into a trap and everything. Like, that's. I don't know.
1: I'm just bothered but, that she tries to muzzle Lady. Yeah. Like, Lady's not even like a dog you would muzzle. No.
0: Yeah. She's a very sweet dog. But tramp's, uh, the tramp sees Lady being chased by the strays and rescues her. And they then visit the zoo where the tramp tricks a beaver into removing the muzzle. And I wrote down, speaking of ignorance, it is interesting in 2022 in our current political climate to see how the police officer officer escalates the interaction with the pedestrian. Like the tramp was trying to trick... Because
1: the police don't change. Yeah,
0: like it, 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 it was a commentary there that, you know... The guy was just like, What do you, he, oh, uh, do you, like, I forget what he says to him exactly. He's like, What do you speak English? Or he says something about being able to read. Oh, do you, can, can't you read? Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, I read in seven languages, actually. He's like, Oh, a smart guy, huh? Yeah. Like, it. he just kept escalating it and eventually attacked the guy, and the guy did nothing wrong. But let's move on. My next note here says, While visiting the zoo, the tramp comments on how the apes wouldn't understand them because they are, quote, too closely related to humans and i found that interesting yeah poor apes they live in their own little world where they don't understand humans humans don't understand them and animals don't
1: don't understand dogs and (laughs) other animals Apparently,
0: yeah that's that's tough although that that does create an interesting i guess lady and the tramp and uh no i I was gonna say maybe tarzan are in the same world because tarzan can talk to the apes but you know what i wanted
1: to say too here is i forgot that, like, half the movie happens, like, before the baby's even born. Like, oh yeah, I was surprised watching it and was like, oh, man, we're, like, getting halfway through and, like, baby isn't even here yet. Like,
0: yeah, it's actually a much shorter movie than I remembered it being. Like, I thought it was longer for some reason. Maybe because I watched the live-action remake not too long ago, but, yeah. Um, and I have a note here saying that Stan uh, F- Freeberg, who was the beaver... Due to his performance and the look, and the look of the character would go on to inspire Gopher from Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree in 1966. Huh. He would also voice the Beaver. He did the same voice and everything, but yeah. um, it went on to inspire a Gopher. Or <clears throat> yeah, to inspire a Gopher. And I liked how Lady saying that the log pull, uh, puller was a free sample, and that shows how she's coming around to thinking like the Tramp. Yeah. That night, Tramp shows Lady how he lives footloose, and collar-free, culminating in a candle-lit spaghetti dinner. And I have here the song Bella Note, sung by George Givet, and the Disney Studio Chorus. And I wrote down that it is one of the most iconic Disney scenes and songs, but I'm biased because I like this song, so I'm giving it a 9 out of 10.
1: I definitely would agree that it's definitely one of the most iconic scenes. Mm-hmm. Like probably in any disney movie i'm not sure that people remember the song that goes with it all the time though i agree i love bella note as a song i also gave
0: it a 9 out of 10 okay and then i have a note here saying tony's line about the tramp settling down with dissa one and uh, i think you have a yeah, about I have that one. too because
1: i thought it was so funny like yeah. t- tony's here having a conversation oh that's that's the note i have where it, like <laughs> where uh joe's like are you, what's he so you're talking to the dog and he's like yeah. he's a duck into me i can understand him i'm like oh yeah. my god
0: <laughs> yeah yeah tony's an interesting character in this movie uh, i have it in my notes later about the obviously the siamese cats were a stereotype but there's a lot of stereotypes in this movie and uh tony's one of them <laughs> but he's funny so uh let's move on i also have the uh, this was the first time I watched the film with closed captioning on, and I always thought that Tony and Joe called the tramp Pooch, but they actually call him Butch. I didn't like my whole life. I always thought that they called them Pooch, but okay. Yeah. As tramp escorts lady back home, his last thing is to uh, is to chase chicken hens in a chicken coop, and then he is through being a stray or showing her how strays live. I should say, when they flee, lady is caught by a dog catcher. At the pound, the other dogs admire her license, as it is her way out of there. It also turns out that they uh, have known the tramp, and the dogs reveal to Lady that Tramps had multiple girlfriends in the past, and feels like it's uh, unlikely that he will ever settle down. So I wrote down the dogs crying in this scene was that really necessary what the hell disney just depressing me like that like it was it was it was really sad seeing all those different dogs cry at the pound and then uh i have the song here he's a tramp sung by peggy lee and the mellow men and it's probably the uh, second most famous song from the film or maybe it's the most famous that's i would
1: argue that it is the most famous because i think when you say lady and the tramp
0: Probably. Like yeah. if
1: you're even like remembering the songs, you're probably like, Isn't there that song about him being a tramp? Like yeah. even if you don't necessarily remember the song.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those Disney songs that could be on the radio from the period. It works perfectly fine for the film and I gave it a seven out of ten.
1: I gave it an eight out of ten. Okay. It's one of my favorite Disney songs to be honest. I will bop to this all the time. Also I think Peggy Weeze is great. Oh yeah. as Peggy is so good.
0: Yeah. She, did, she gave a great performance in this and deserves more money. From and Disney. deserves more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael Eisner, she deserves money out of your pocket, personally. <laughs> um,
1: she can take it from Bob Chapek. That's, yeah. yeah <laughs> I volunteer in yeah. Bob yeah. Chabig is uh, tribute. Fine.
0: <laughs> Eventually, Lady is collected by Aunt Sarah, who chains her to her doghouse in the backyard. Jacques and Trusty visit to comfort her and to tell her that strays aren't allowed to be adopted. And I have here the line, because this cracked me up, trusty saying, why some of the finest people I ever tracked, I ever tracked down were jailbirds. <laughs> like, I lost it. I know, but I like, love Jock being like, no, no, yeah. shh, don't bring that up. Yeah, the, the whole time leading over there, he's like, no, we have to be very sensitive to her. You know, she's, she's, <laughs> went, went, just, yeah, like, yeah. Goes right in. Yeah. And then were Jacques and Trusty asking Lady to marry one of yes,
1: them? Yes, So they were like, last, you can just come live with one." And like yeah. that is where that was going. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like,
0: we're a little older than you, but we're still in the prime of our lives. And like were like, yeah. like, so we were uh, thinking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, oh, they definitely were like, "Yeah, Lady, your family doesn't treat you well." come be with our humans and marry one of us like that like that's just how that works her family would just let her go be with the other dogs <laughs>
0: yeah. when the tramp arrives to apologize thunder starts to rumble as lady angrily confronts him about his past sweethearts which he's uh after which he sadly leaves and i wrote down i love jacques little hop and then how he starts kicking dirt at the tramp this uh, like that's why i love this character he's so cute yeah the little things he does and then that lady was fake crying. Like she goes back into her doghouse after yelling at the tramp and you hear her crying. And then she pokes her head out when he's leaving. Oh, and the producer's right by the mic. Hello, pumpkin. <laughs> Do you have notes to give? <laughs> um, but lady was fake crying. That She looked out when the tramp was uh, leaving and there were no tears in her eyes. Like she yeah. was just putting on a show. Uh, moments later... As it starts to rain, Lady sees the same rat from before trying to sneak into the yard again. While it is afraid of her, it is able to evade her and enter the house. She barks frantically, but Aunt Sarah yells at her to be quiet. Tramp hears her and runs back to help. He enters the house and finds the rat in Jim Jr.'s room, and the two engage in a vicious fight. Lady breaks free and races inside to find the rat on on Jim Jr.'s crib. Uh, as it intended on hurting him tramp pounces on the rat but accidentally knocks over the crib in the process awakening jim jr uh, awakening jim jr tramp kills the rat when aunt sarah comes to jim jr's aid she doesn't see the rat and she thinks that they are responsible for attacking the baby aunt sarah forces tramp into a closet and lady into the cellar before calling the pound to take tramp away just very distracted by our producer's tail being right by the microphone. <laughs> Jim Deer and Darling return as the dog catcher departs with Tramp. Then uh, they release Lady, who leads them to the dead rat vindicating Tramp. Having overheard everything, Trusty and Jock felt terrible for how they treated and misjudged Tramp badly. So they decide to chase after the dog catcher's wagon and rescue him. Jacques is convinced, or Jacques is convinced Trusty has long since lost his sense of smell, but the latter is able to find the wagon. When Trusty and Jacques race uh, to the wagon, they bark at the horse, who rears up and top and topple the wagon onto a telephone pole.
1: I just want to say this now, too. The fact that these two dogs think they can chase down a freaking, like, car was so funny to me. Like, oh, yeah. the unrealistic expectations going
0: on there. Hey, but they did it. (laughs) It worked out for them. Um, But Jim Deere arrives by car with Lady, and she is happily reunited with Tramp. But their happiness is short-lived when they discover the wagon fell on Trusty. And... I wrote down that this is by far the saddest part of the film, but probably the dogs crying is the saddest part. This it is, is. This but this is made close. me Really sad. Yeah.
1: Like I forgot about it. To yeah. be honest.
0: Yeah. If six seconds later you didn't see that Trusty was still alive, it would be the saddest part in the film. <laughs> but, be like, but they killed Trusty. Yeah. But uh, Christmas returns, and Tramp is now part of Lady's family, and has a collar of his own, and a license as a reward for his heroism. The two dogs now have four puppies together. A son named Scamp. Mm. Scramp. Scamp. Thank you. A son named Scamp, who looks identical to Tramp, and three daughters named Annette, Colette, and Danielle, who look identical to Lady. It is weird how none of them got the other's coloring or anything. Yeah. They just look identical to their parents. And then Jacques comes in to see the family along with Trusty, who is carefully walking on his uh, still mending leg. Tramp is happy to have finally become a house dog, and he and Lady live together happily with their children. Let's dive into our overall scores. So I wrote down that this is one of the most iconic Disney classics, in my opinion. Films like this and Cinderella are what I think of when I think of a, of classic Disney. There are obviously problems with the Siamese cats and their racist depictions in the film. I also personally think that other ethnic depictions are problematic, though not as bad. However. The film is the film overall is enjoyable and the cats are not a large portion of the film like how the Indians were in Peter Pan. I give and I give it an overall score of 7 7 out of 10 to the film. It would be an 8 but I'm d- deducting a point because of the cats and if I'm being honest some of the songs in the film were just boring.
1: Yeah, which makes me even like the fact that this one like this is rated well for having a good soundtrack like Yeah. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they, they were short though, like but. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, but yeah,
1: I definitely love this film. It's one of my favorites. But you're right; it's got a lot of issues when it comes to the cats and other portrayals. But yeah. not not as bad as even like Dumbo or Peter oh, Pan. No. Yeah. So I also gave it a seven out of ten.
0: Okay. All right. anything else you'd like to say about it, or?
1: No, I just I think it's so fascinating that this and like we won't be talking about 101 Dalmatians yet, but. The dog films are very, like, dog-centered and... Yeah. Well, like, I would like to know if the reason that they decided to go with 101 Dalmatians because this went over well and it's, like, another dog movie. Because it is so close to, like, after this, too. It's not like... Yeah. There's, like, films in between. It's really only Sleeping Beauties in between them, so...
0: That's true. Well, and also, uh, you mentioned how it's a dog's film. Besides Aunt Sarah, we really don't see any of the other characters' faces...
1: No, like, like,
0: the humans, I should say. Like, yeah. it's it's drawn from, like, a dog's perspective. Yeah. So, it's interesting how they do that. But, with all that out of the way, this has been the Once Again Podcast. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com. Follow us on our social media accounts, onceagainpod, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash As always, a like, follow, or share will be greatly appreciated. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. And remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you. Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description.